1: Phillips, to Charteris, to out tackled by Zarzeski on the 22. This is Phillips, he's going to score a try! What a weekend of rugby. If you're here, you don't need me to remind you that Wales beat Australia 29-24 in Tokyo to go top of the pool. An amazing game that had it all, intercept tries, heroic displays, and of course, debates over high tackles. Elsewhere this weekend, Japan pulled off one of the great Rugby World Cup shocks, this time against pre-tournament world number one's Ireland. The hosts adding this scalp to their win over Australia in Brighton four years ago, and giving them a serious chance of making their first quarter final. We'll be getting stuck into all of this over the next hour or so, and we'll also be answering listeners' questions in the second half of the show. And joining me to do that, wearing a somewhat controversial Czech shirt, is Dan Killick. How are you, Dan? Couldn't be better. Really, uh, really pleased with uh, with today. Have you recovered from earlier? Because I genuinely I had to have a little sleep this afternoon. It was just all the emotion of it. it was way too much for me. I don't think I have recovered really. I was, I'm not, as you know, I was watching the
0: game in uh, in a hotel room in in Richmond. Yeah, I was so tempted to call you, but I knew you'd pick you wouldn't pick <laughs> no, up. I wouldn't probably not up. speak to me for for a year. I yeah, I'm um, too tense to deal I, with your. When I'm tense, I, I need to talk. And I was at my phone. I added out a couple of times. About to dial, I think I had dialed at one point and Stopped it. <laughs> Um, and then I did finally leave you a voicemail at the end I know you hate your voicemails as well yeah I do um, I, we probably can't use the language that was used in that
1: voicemail well, I could always bleep it out I'll, I'll but, put a selection of Dan's voice notes at the end yeah. of this podcast after the after the final jingle the, uh, or the, the bit of stereophonics that plays at the end so yeah if you want to hear some of the demented ramblings of a man on edge then make sure yeah. you stay tuned for I, that I definitely woke up Anybody that
0: was trying to sleep and have a have a peaceful lie in, in uh, in the Richmond Harbour Hotel, I apologise
1: for because it was loud. But it had to be, didn't it? Uh, of course, yeah. I, you know, again, I've probably I've probably pissed off some of the neighbours, but it's all it's all completely forgiven. I think. You, you know, these are these are exceptional circumstances. Plus, the game kicked off at quarter and nine. It wasn't a quarter past five kickoff, was it? Yeah, exactly. So. But it it was still Sunday morning. Well, yeah, it's true yeah I'm, I'm sure there are a few uh, complaint notes going into the uh, going into the Richmond Harbour Hotel but never mind Dan all worth it I think let's I just have a quick word on this shirt as well you know, if you haven't seen Dan's shirt have a look on our Twitter page at Attacking Scrum yeah, it's t- it's, uh, what I describe as a garish check number it's quite
0: flamboyant a lot a lot of stick on it to mm, be fair and yeah. um, thank you to Bryn for uh, sticking up for it and sticking up for
1: me yeah you know can you tell irony when it's being used on social media though <laughs> You know, does he really like the shirt, or is he just it's even more sticky. No, it's that's not, not a bad shirt, is it? It's not for me, mate. I thought it's
0: the Australian colours, right? You're, you're probably going to say, well, "Why wear Australian colours. Well, no, yeah, I, have, you? Yeah. I quite often don't wear Wales colours, though. I wear, I wear something other than mm. other than the red. So yeah, I've gone all out Australian, and uh, with
1: this checkered little number. Thank you to Michael Checker. Uh, there we go. Well, look, if it did the trick, mate, you'd have, you have to... It dust, did. What well, it did, didn't it? Well, it certainly did. I used to have these superstitions when I was a kid, actually. I used to have these different coloured Wales jerseys. They weren't, like, necessarily official jerseys. Some of them were ones that my nan had picked up. Well, from the sort of market. Well, what? from the jumble sales, I think. And, like, they were, you know, so there'd be, like, a, a green... a green pullover with the feathers on it, and she'd go, oh, jettled Je- Je- like that. And I don't know, it was probably a... You know, it was probably a. A school choir or something like yeah. that but yeah like if it was a green if we were playing ireland i'd wear the green one because it was still spotting wales but it was in green colors and there was you know uh, you know what it's like I mean, it was the 90s you'd do anything to try and get a result they, they sound like they'd be good now if you yeah. can dig them out I, they would uh, they, they wouldn't fit me they might fit you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right let's 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 dive into this just before we do quick word for our sponsors of course at so coffee trades another weekend of early morning rugby and getting up to watch Tonga versus uh, who they play. Tonga versus Argentina at 5:45 in the morning was made that much easier with a hot pot of front five coffee. So head over to SoCoffeeTrades.co.uk to get yours. And speaking of front five, that of course is the first part of the show. Five headlines, and me and Dan will be getting stuck into them like Ken Owens gets stuck into rucks. Headline number one: Wales beat Australia to top the pool. Where else could we start? First question for you though, Dan, where does that rank in terms of Wales's Rugby World Cup victories? That's a significant win, isn't it? Right up there. I'd say it's gotta be number one, isn't it? For me. I think a lot of it will depend on what follows, of course. <laughs> yeah, but you know, should the unthinkable happen and we lose to Fiji and you know we don't back it up and we, we mess up in this position, then I suppose not. But yeah, you look at it and say, right, well, the other ones that would come close, beating Ireland in the quarterfinals in 2011 to take us to the semi-final. England in 87, I would say, is probably the probably the, the one that it's got to beat. Just cause of the t- but the fact it was Australia who we've got such a dismal record against in the past decade or so, that did make it extra sweet. Yeah, I think, especially when you look at, you know, in the context of that group,
0: we've been looking at this game for... ...for four years, haven't we? The coaching staff have been building for it for that long. Yeah, and we've had ten years of misery, haven't we, against them. I know
1: we got the win recently, mm. but that's a massive win. We, we've been saying for a long time, since the draw came out, whatever that was, two years ago, that this is essentially a quarter-final. And I don't know, maybe we'd have been putting a different spin on it if if we hadn't won today because we've played well in games against... You know, you think back to 2011, we narrowly lost to South Africa, played really well, but didn't get the win, and got out of jail because Ireland finished top of their pool and stuff, to actually go out and beat a Southern Hemisphere Giant, which, you know, have we we done that at World Cup? I don't think we have, have we? Other than than the third, fourth place playoff against Australia in 87, which, let's face it, I'm sure, you know, it was great at the time, but it's not the same as winning a pool game or a knockout game. Yeah, I think... Yeah, no, it's not yet, yeah.
0: and that that win today makes it kind of makes all the wins that we had previously feel a lot better. As well, you imagine if we'd lost today and we'd had a great run over the last sort of yeah. you know, twelve months, but we'd lost, we'd be well, you know, how, it'd be those questions again: how good were we when we've come to the, a real crunch game? We've yeah. we've messed up. But I think now, look, getting that win and then looking back at where we are, we are we're serious, you know, we're serious contenders, aren't we?
1: We both said in the podcast we did earlier on this week after the Georgia game that, well, I said I was expecting a step up in intensity for this game and for Wales to step up and show that. You were expecting a bit more in terms of, you know, strike moves and a bit more a bit more back play. How do you assess that now after the game? Were we, were we right in those assumptions? Yeah, I think we were, to a, de- well, to a degree. I mean, we,
0: we showed some real tactics, I thought, in that first half. That first half was the complete performance for me. We were we were good. Very good. And you know, the drop kicks, you're a massive fan of the drop kicks, aren't you? That was all all pre-planned. Um the way in which we set them up as well. We had mm. runners running different lines just to give the outside after a little bit more time. It was all very cute. The cross the cross kicks. We've held them a little bit back, I think, over the last few games. And we brought North in um a little bit earlier than we have done. Because we've been using Josh Adams, haven't we? Yeah, um, a lot in the build-up. So, yeah, there was there was a fair bit that we were holding back.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, look, I think the the way it, the way it panned out, like I said, for me, the big thing was intensity, and that first half was massive. And right from the kickoff, what I loved that turnover straight away. That sent we some. We said on Monday when we recorded, we can't afford to have anything other than a, a brilliant performance when it comes to to the breakdown. And I thought well, I thought that we had that. You know, we might not have turned around a load of ball, but at the same time, we got such good ball for our for our backs, I thought. Ken you know, Ken Owens I mentioned kind of flippantly there, he was superb, he was smashing into every single ruck. Wainwright, Wright, Alwyn Jones, they made did such a good job. It was job those of that, three,
0: wasn't it, on that, first, on that very first one. That very first one that just set it and then yeah we had nice clean quick ball didn't we for the backs that i thought we had a lot of time on the ball that we could decide what we wanted to do mm-hmm. and it made a made a big difference and we needed
1: that huge half didn't we yeah and does the did the inter- yeah we did is it a bit worrying that they came back i know ultimately we got the job done is it a bit worrying how much they came back into it you know australia could have conceivably won that game well for the f- for the final 20 minutes my heart i
0: i I was struggling to get my heart rate down. Yeah. And I think it was it was probably a dangerous a dangerous level. And I was in the hotel room on my own. Would have, if I'd called you, <laughs> would not have picked up? But um, I don't think the only the, thing, fact the that, only thing that could have made my heart rate go any higher was it was that. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think the fact that they came back in massively into the game from mm-hmm. the fiftieth minute onwards is any real um, uh, sort of snipe on Wales. Really, I think that they've. They're a very good side. Yeah. And looking at their bench, their bench is packed full of full of guys that could make a big impact and quickly. And they got their game going. And the sides are very dangerous, aren't they? When there's that point deficit, especially an attacking side like Australia, when they We're just gonna go out and, and we're gonna have to throw everything at it and do what we and do what we do best. Yeah. And they were they were very good very very good they' got a load of front football they started to win the collisions all the panel, all the decisions bar two well bar, yeah bar very few started to go for them set piece dominance attacking play big changes at nine and ten and they
1: were they were looking like they were going to win the game really let's bring back to Wales though we're going to talk a little bit more about Australia where do you think Wales won the game outside and
0: nine. Were, were huge for us mm. back row I thought did a were, were great yeah. Aaron Wainwright that there was a passage of play where he got the ball out wide on the right he was on his own and he came back inside oh, that stepped yeah. then powered through and made a crucial sort of five yards and he, he, I just looked at that and thought the guy has got so much upstairs he's so clever then you think of the way he was taking the ball at first receiver and everything was coming through him. Turnovers, dominant tackles, tackles where people had missed the first tackle and he was the guy mm-hmm. that was rescuing us, sweeping. You know, hang on, what can what can't this guy do? Then you you know, line outs that he wasn't much involved with this time, but I can't think of a thing at the moment that he can't do and he's only been playing rugby for a, a short period of time,
1: so he was he he was a different type of player for us. We're going to talk more about Wainwright later on in the show because it's something that's come up as part of listeners' questions. And as you know, I don't need an excuse to talk about Aaron Wainwright. You're right, though. I thought the back five that that kind of back five was so so impressive. Ball did loads of carrying again, clearing out lots of rucks. To be fair, I've been perhaps not critical, but a little bit underwhelmed by Jake Ball in the last. Certainly towards the end of the Six Nations, and I wasn't overly sold until perhaps the the summer internationals that he could get back to the heights that he that he hit once before. And I think he's been really impressive the last couple of games and offered a big, a big presence that we need, particularly at, at clearing out rucks and, and stuff like that. So he was very good. I mean, Alumin Jones, you just you don't need to see any of his other performances, and it was exactly the same. It was huge, great leadership. A huge amount of of work, clever. I thought very clever. And I'm going to talk a bit about captaincy and what his opposite number got up to in a little bit. But I thought he he captained the game really well. He wasn't in the referee's ear at all. It was almost he captained in in the way that you remember Warburton used to. He'd keep the the chat down to a minimum and concentrated on his own team and the things that he could control. I thought that was. I think he left a lot of
0: it. He didn't. He does usually chat quite a bit. Yeah, but I think because. Because of what
1: uh, what their skipper was doing, he just stepped back off it and thought, "You carry on." Yeah, so both second rows are fantastic, and then yeah, the back the back row. It wasn't one where there was a huge amount of turnover. You know, it's not like the the ones from years back where we've got loads of turnover ball and one loads of penalties off the back of off the back of the breakdown. But the unfussy stuff, slowing the ball down, defending the fringes well. That required a massive effort, and I thought they did that really, really well. Yeah, we um, secured our own ball, didn't we?
0: Well, in the first half, yeah. that just meant the backside clean, clean ball, which which made a big difference. And I thought Tipperick was was great. Yeah, I did.
1: Without being flashy, version of you know the the silky skills that we know he's got. It was just a lot of donkey work yeah. he got through. They all they all slotted in nicely, didn't they? And pushing the envelope every time at the breakdown, even when he's not in contention of winning a turnover, he hangs on just for that second a bit longer, a bit like Hooper does, hangs on for that second longer, knowing that Poit is going to say, away now, seven, yeah. and then he'll step away. Yeah. And it just slows that ball down. And if we'd have given Australia quick front foot ball, particularly with the with the centres, they've got that mix of O'Connor and Karevi who offer two very, very different things, I think that could have caused a, a huge amount more problems. Yeah, he's smart He's smart in those places, isn't he? Because he, he does quite a lot of sort of
0: Almost illegal, illegal bits of work yeah. around buying us a bit of time, yeah. which Wainwright will learn, yeah. um, and Navidi doesn't doesn't do because he's doing other things. Mm. So it's a, it's a very nice
1: balance. And Navidi again just got through so oh. much work, yes. Slow, slowing the ball down. Crucial little carries. He's so unfussy. And to say he's playing, out of, I think he's playing out of position personally. It's almost it's almost seems unfair to say that, doesn't it? Because yeah, if, he he plays so well so at
0: six, seven, and eight. I mean, yeah. I just think again, who who can play six, seven, and eight? And
1: at international the, level in this day and age and it's one thing doing it for the Blues which he'd done admirably for so long a number of years I've said it before I, I questioned whether he was big enough to play international rugby I was really proven wrong with that and to do it at 6, 7 and 8 and look equally as comfortable arguably 7 is his best position and that's the one he plays the least at at international level it, yeah. he's, he's an absolute phenomenon and so unfussy just does an incredible job for the he side. put in
0: some big tackles on yeah. the sweep as well like Wainwright where we missed because they were carrying hard at times mm. they break through the first tackle who's coming through bang Navidi and that also slowed them up as well because his tackles are are heavy tackles he knocks people down doesn't he which buys us a little bit more time It's not he's not hanging yeah. on to people and then they're managing to get an offload. He does take people to the floor, mm. which I think is an important, a big part of his game as well.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, again, similar to... And then he's into wrestling mode. Similar to what Lydia did for us yes. going a few years back. Heck yeah. That you knew that it was going to be... He, yeah. You knew what he was going to do. It was it, that chop tackle that it, gives time for either Toby or Warburton to get over the ball. And Navidi, you know what you're gonna get every time, but it's so effective. It is that
0: reassurance in a different way, isn't it, Lydia? You felt so comfortable with yeah. him there and Navidi now, we are a different side without him. Mm. We have to have him somewhere in the back row and you know Moriarty's Moriarty's you know paid the price for that. But at the moment
1: it's it's the right call. Let's talk a little bit more about outside half. You mentioned that in fact let's talk about the half backs because Gareth Davis I thought had Oh I know there was a few missed tackles in there early on, but forgive, this this is Gareth him. Davis, isn't it? Is every time I, I start watching it, I'm like, God, just, there's, there's something they can't quite do at that top level. And this could be for Scarlets for Wales. Just when you think he might be having one of those games, he comes out and pulls something incredible out of the bag. And those, in t- that, he could have had two of those today, but that first think one... he have had three, couldn't he? Yeah. Uh, possibly, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there, yeah, was, yeah. There, was, there was three, I mean... Yeah, he was. That was game-changing defense, and you can forgive someone missing four tackles or three tackles or whatever it was when you're charging up and blitzing like that, because it puts that doubt in the mind, and that difference that it makes was evident on that first try. Well, because he's racing up so quickly as well, that's when
0: you're most likely to miss a tackle. Yeah, because exactly because you're hairing up so quickly, and that was a fine game from him. One of the best I've seen him have, and yeah, you called it. We're under the pump. It's almost like he something just switches in his brain. Mm. He's like, I've got to get us back into a, I've got to get us uh, change the game a little bit. And out he does something, a solo try, and he did it, and it was it was brilliant
1: for me. It was, and the the just taste. just kept that kept that up, and and those those blitzes are so so key. Because actually, I thought the centre the sensor pairing didn't have their best game defensively for me. John Fox, I think he's. When he's his best, is the best outside centre in the world, and particularly defensively. But he got done by Karevi. yeah, he did struggle a little bit at times. Yeah, you? I thought he came back into the game. He did definitely, but we've come to expect such high standards from him that I don't think that was his best game. Hadley Park, his best game in defence. I thought both were both were good in attack. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you didn't have the the big fend from John Davis to get through to get through a hole, but you, he did some nice stuff. Went when it was on and. You know, put the boot, put the boot on to to clear his lines and stuff. So he did have a good game, but I think the standards are so high. But what Gareth did, Gareth Davis did from nine, just put that seed of doubt in the mind and put so much pressure on their halfbacks that we had the better of them in in that facet of the game. Yeah, we did, and they're kicking. They, those two were picked for their kicking game, weren't they? Mm. Because of what we do, and he made a difference on that. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just the kicking game they're picked for. I think it's. You know, I thought Genny's kicking from the base of the rucks. I think I tweeted about this was phenomenal. He gets so much distance on those clearing kicks. Did make quite a few errors though, didn't he, he made loads With of Gennie. errors. I, now, this this is what I, I was I think, surprised. I think the back row and Gareth Davis can take a huge amount of credit because they put so much doubt in his mind. But again, he's taken those taking those two steps away from away from us, and they looked like a, a pair of half backs who haven't played together that much. I know they have, but in recent times they haven't, and I think that that made a that made a big. A big uh, difference to the yeah. game. Our
0: back row put some, seemed to put some real pressure on on Genia in yeah. almost taking it right to the wire. Yeah, I, I reckon that was tactical as well
1: and paid off. It did. Let's talk about outside half because we had two great performances in there. Bigger for the whatever it was, twenty-five minutes, half an hour. He was on the pitch. I thought showed exactly the test match animal that he is. And then Patchell came off the bench and. Probably had his best performance. Well, I think he had his best performance in a Wales jersey. Yeah, it was huge for us, wasn't it? When you think of
0: us losing Anscombe, mm. we're all feeling pretty, you know, pretty deflated about that. And Patchell just hasn't had a, a you know, enough game time. I, I think that him coming on early on could be the could be the difference for us going very very far in this World Cup campaign because he had a fine performance, didn't he? And Bigger was just sensational when he was on, and the tackle that he put in that he put in yeah. on Kerev? he just summed it up didn't he body on the line just a huge hit he's a 10 yeah and
1: and massive this I know I keep coming back to it but there's this intensity that is what makes wales so good when they play like this because they can take it up that notch and dan bigger is at the absolute heart of this when we're having difficult get dan, dan bigger isn't what you would necessarily say an exciting ten he's certainly not a running ten but the things he does, he does so well. His kicking game is exceptional. His defence is so incredibly robust. And under the high ball, he's, he's absolutely phenomenal. And you just think those things, he does them so well. It's almost like, you know, to, to look at other sports, I'd look at someone like David Beckham, right? For, so for all his stardust, really, he was very good at set pieces and crossing the ball, and that was it. But what he did at those things... He's probably the best in the world at, and that's what I think bigger does so while yeah Beckham was you know was a very flashy looking player, bigger just does those basics so so well and consistently at the highest level that you just need him on the pitch yeah, no you do, and it's a nice
0: position we're in now with Patchell having mm-hmm. the best the best game we've seen him have, and in a lot you know in a Welsh shirt then I think so. Well, and again, that's a massive game.
1: Yeah, that's, that's it. You, you know, he's
0: featured well in some games.
1: He that was, was great against Scotland, Scotland in 2018, but we had so much front football. It's Scotland away from home. Uh, sorry, yeah, Scotland in Cardiff. And really, he was going to do that. Yeah. You think of the pressure that was on him. He wouldn't have been expected.
0: He, he would never have thought to be coming on at that, period, at that stage of the game. And when we were watching the game, I don't think any of us... 'Cause he he played so well within the first ten minutes of being on, we didn't feel oh my goodness, you know, Patchell's on the park, We're starting to get nervous. He just he just led it. And that's a huge positive for for us now, with Bigger and him. Because they do offer something different mm-hmm. as well. Very mm-hmm. different. They're very, they're very different threats. And and the the two they're two big threats. As we said. What Bigger does, he does better than better than most of what he's best at. And Patchel's running game is very good, but his kicking game today was was sharp. I thought it was a little bit naughty, some of the uh, the plays coming down his channel. We knew it was going to happen mm. and leading with the arm, but we'll probably go on to that.
1: Let's move straight on to headline number two. So we'll definitely come on to that point as part of this. Headline number two is Michael Checker's salty response, I would, I would say, to losing. That's caused a lot of reaction. Have you seen that interview, Dan? I have seen that interview. Salty is one word for it. There's a few others. Go cool. on. Um, I just thought it was pretty
0: petulant from him. It was... It was quite disrespectful. He, he he looked as if he he sort of hated the world, hated everyone. And you're not going to be in a great place after losing the game, but you've still got to hold you. still got to hold yourself, haven't you? And I think have a bit of respect for the other side that have, that you've played against. And it wasn't <clears> as if we we didn't deserve to win either. We didn't. We didn't rob the game, and they had some. Some, they had some pretty shocking um, you know plays that you watch the tapes back you didn't mm. even have
1: to watch the tapes back they were they, it was It was a legal play well let's um, look at those two yellow card or potential yellow cards so you've got the Michael Hooper shoulder charge on Dan Bigger, which for me Stonewall yellow card. I think even before the the kind of hysteria and the increased scrutiny on high tackles, I think that I think that's a yellow card ten years ago yeah. because it's just late. Can you pull out of it? Yes. Has he has he gone in and and led with the shoulder? Yes. Yes. And okay, there's no contact to the head, so it's and he it's knew not what he was doing, anything like that. But he could definitely have pulled out of that. There was a lot of time. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of time in real play. He knew exactly
0: what he was doing. And it was it was a proper cheap shot and naughty, and he should have gone for that
1: and the Karevi one, which you've kind of mentioned a little bit there, I'm a little bit look i know actually you you could have given a yellow for that the way that the law is is interpreted these days, personally, I don't think it is you know if it was up to if it was up to me making those decisions, I don't think that was intentional dangerous play if I'm honest, I think you might feel a bit differently on that, but I just think that's. You don't get your head in that position, would be my, would be my advice. Uh, not that Reese Patchell needs my advice, but <laughs> that's that that's the way I view that one. I actually kind of would be go lower, yeah, go lower, and it, it takes it out of the game. In that scenario, if someone's running at you that close, I don't know exactly what. You, yes, he led with the forearm. You know, I think it's a penalty, and I think that was the right decision there, but. There's so much hysteria around this. Yeah, let's, let's get your view it's, on the on the, on the Karevian
0: incident. The Kerevi one's a difficult one, isn't it? Because he does run like that, mm. and you could say, "Well, don't run with your forearm leading." Yeah. But yeah. a lot of players do run that way. It is it is a it is a contact game, and you're gonna you, you're wanting to knock people out yeah. of the way. Yeah, if Patchell had gone lower, then the arm the arm comes comes into contact with the air. Mm. But he is still leading. That forearm is still right out there. So if you if you're running and, you're not, going to rep- and you're, not, you're not going to hit anyone, you don't run with your forearm out like mm.
1: that. So I, I think it's... It, but if you'd have gone into the chest and it was just the chest, then yeah. you can see why you'd lead with the forearm. So that one I
0: can kind of see. But not many people do lead with the yeah. forearm into the chest. So it's not an easy one. But I do think... They, tar- they targeted Patchell. They tar- I think he targeted yeah. his head. I think he knew what he was doing. And he probably knew that it was he'd, he'd probably get away with it.
1: It doesn't sit too well with me. Okay, the other thing was Michael Hooper's response to it. He had a big old chat with Roman Puat, and that's rubbed a few people up the wrong way. As I say, I I can see his frustration with that because it's it's more of a grey area than the other one in my eyes. But at the same time, he really went for it, and I think in the old days you'd be marched back ten for that. And I wanted to see him march back. Yeah. he was He was like Checker,
0: wasn't he? The two of them, very petulant. And it was. you could just see it in the interview, couldn't you? Puffing, puffing, mm. grabbing the water. They didn't want to be there. And you're not going to want to be there, but you've still got some duties to do.
1: You do. What, how much of this is a reflection of the pressure that Checker in particular is under? And I'd say in, in relation to his team selection, because I think he got his team selection all wrong today. He was too worried about what Wales were going to try and do and he got that selection wrong. Yeah, he's under pressure, but he's been under pressure before, hasn't he? Mm. And
0: I think, yeah, he he knew that he got it wrong. The second half showed that. And that frustration, he just could not contain it. He kind of admits that he, he can't contain things. And mm. Sometimes he doesn't say anything because the... The media are expecting him to go, but I just think he needs to handle himself slightly better, which will refle- it reflects better on the team. You can't warm to a team when, when when you're being led by a coach like that, and I think people are laughing at him really for, the, for for being the way he is. He just needs to just needs to change
1: it, but he won't, will he? No, he won't. I'm not sure. He, I'm not sure he can. I wouldn't be writing Australia off just yet,
0: but it's going to be difficult time, for
1: them now. It's going to be difficult it is going to be difficult and we're going to talk about what route they might have later on in the show we're going to come back to Wales of course but headline number three is Japan upsetting Ireland I think they've proven they're not just here to make up the numbers and put on a good show as hosts how impressed were you with that Japanese show that was a lovely performance from them wasn't it they were
0: razor sharp Mm. quick ball They're a really exciting side to watch. Do you you know anyone that doesn't like watching them?
1: No, and the thing that really impressed me with it, you're right, absolutely spot on with all of those points. The thing that really impressed me with it was their composure because they were, what was it, 12 0, 12 3 down, and at that point it could have capitulated a bit like Scotland did the, the week before. And they came out and they fought and they got themselves back in the game get back in the game, get back in the game. And they did that and they took their chance when it mattered. And the other thing is, the wheels could have come off because Tamura was obviously feeling the pressure when it came to goal kicks. He missed some regulation kicks there that really, straight in front of the post, it doesn't matter how far out it is, you need to be nailing those kicks. And he didn't. And again, that could have got in the heads and and Japan started to panic, but they didn't. They were so calm under pressure. And I think a lot of credit needs to go to Jamie Joseph for the, the environment he's created there he was um, in their heads wasn't he I think so It was
0: almost like telepathic just sending the the calmness that he exudes onto the players and they just built it didn't they and went about everything really quietly but they were super
1: confident really good performance yeah I, I thought it was and the back row in particular were absolutely superb it was a huge call to leave Leach out yes and the impetus it had when he came off the bench the crowd went wild the crowd went wild and he put in a brilliant performance he did from a, from the first few seconds,
0: wasn't it? It was it was big from him. It was lovely. It was really good, and I say
1: lovely. I think that's the right word for it because it's gr- you look, like him, it, Dan. In in two thousand and seven, a Wales B team that went out. You know, Wales went out of that tournament in to to Fiji in the pool stages. We put 100, almost hundred points on them with our B team out there, and to think how far they've come in those twelve years that's brilliant for the game it's absolutely brilliant the more you can see these success stories like Argentina have done in the past if Japan can carry on in this vein it It, makes the game so much better because you just want to you want to see these these upsets and you want to see sides competitive and for this World Cup with them being hosts
0: I think it adds to it as well
1: oh it does absolutely let's just have another quick look at that pool though who do you see getting out of that because this is it's given them an amazing shot at getting through there's still Scotland and Samara in there to play, and Ireland, you know, have, have we had an unexpected loss. So, how do you see this one playing out? I think Japan will qualify, I think they'll go through. Will they top the
0: group? Oh, gosh. Um, let's go with yeah, let's back them. Um, and Ireland,
1: you'd have Ireland there as well. Yeah, so realistically, Scotland could be going home which... They've got a massive game today, as you listen to it, but tomorrow, as we record it, against Samoa. That's that's huge for them. And they've got to come out and turn up, and Samoa will fancy their chances based on what they saw from the Scots last week. Be really disappointing for Scotland, won't it, if they don't if they don't
0: get through? But I think after the the early their early performances, wouldn't
1: be nobody would be that surprised, would they, at the moment? It's probably fair to say that. Well, yeah, based on that first performance it's impossible they weren't at the races they weren't at the races and it's a big big game for them so they can't afford to take that lightly I think that's going to be a real test match and then if if they do get through that you've got this this massive great game against Japan towards the end and it could come down to bonus points and things like that one final question what was Joey Carberry thinking when he kicked the ball out at full time I don't know we'll have to ask him yeah it was really really strange could you? Could it be I don't, I don't know the if points could it be these thinking right we just need to take a bonus point we're behind our own line here I think that's all what,
0: what it was they're out on their feet didn't have anything left in the tank which is hard to imagine mm. didn't have anything there thought we we just hit the, the points bonus points could be crucial
1: we, we're done that's I'm what it has to, to be doesn't it, it must be I, I, I don't know I, I really don't know yeah. maybe maybe there is an explanation someone can give us but and then maybe that is it. But yeah, for me, and that's all it can be. yeah. What would you have done in that scenario, Dan? You're a you're a uh, swashbuckling number ten in your day. Yeah, for about a season. Other than a tomato than having, season, other than having dropped it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would have dropped it definitely, and uh, and tripped over myself probably.
1: I would have run the length of the pitch. Jet. Yeah, I, I think you've got to go there. I think it's such a big it's such a big game for Japan that you've got to try and back yourself and go. I think. I don't know. Maybe that's me again. Maybe that's me, and that's why I w- would never have made it as an international coach. Anyway, let's have a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be talking, of course, more about Wales and how the tournament might unfold. So all of that is coming up very, very shortly. Well, the map still got two headlines to get stuck into. Plus, we've got some cracking listeners' questions. A quick reminder, if you've not already listened to our podcast with Sam Warburton, then that's available right now, so be sure to give that a listen. I know I'm kind of banging on about this quite a lot, but really enjoyed doing it, and it's a big coup for us. Anyone who's listened to this pod for a while will know we're just a couple of mates who wanted to create something that people can enjoy, so to have someone like Sam join us was absolutely fantastic. So Do make sure you go back and give that one a spin if you've not yet done so. Headline number four Dan I wanted to talk about mentality so many times we've come up short against the Southern Hemisphere sides does this prove this victory prove that Wales are over that shortcoming yes it does I'll let you have a good talk on this one because I know
0: mentality is something that you've said and talked about Mm. on a number of these podcasts that the new the new players that have come in they don't they don't know how to lose they don't expect to lose and it feeds through It
1: does. I think the way I look at that, after that very, very difficult third quarter of the game, where Wales were under the cosh for a whole 20 minutes, probably a little bit longer, I do think the Wales of old would have lost that game. Going back to even four years ago, we would have lost that. And just the ability to keep digging in and not looking at the bigger picture and letting those doubts creep in it would be very easy in that scenario to go, oh god, we've had a massive lead at half time, we've thrown it away. Look at it now, the lead's only the lead's only four points a try in their head. Not letting those voices get in and just take it phase by phase is testament to the the improvement that Gatland and the coaches have done, but also to Adam and Jones, Ken Owens, bigger the 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 big leaders in that team who were able to go there and instill that sense of confidence in everyone who's in that side. Because I thought that was evident, it was just about. You can imagine Alan and Jones out there when we're facing another driving line out. Just hold out this one, hold out this one. Another phase, right? It's gone down. Regroup, regroup, regroup. Especially when we we're under so much pressure, yeah. weren't we? In all in all areas, really. We, you know, they,
0: they dominated possession territory a yeah. lot, didn't they? We made a, we made, we had to make so many tackles, but I think the young ones as well. They, because we were so under the pump, that they they really dug in and did some smart, some smart cube things just with delaying and they showed real composure when we were in in a pickle.
1: We were in the soup, weren't we? Yeah, undoubtedly. And I, I thought at points, I thought, oh, God, this is it. It's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. And the fact that Kurtley Beale was on the pitch, I thought, oh, I haven't seen much of Beale yet. And in my head, I thought, I can see that this is 2012 all over again. It's terrifying. bill's going to go through and do something. But that's uh, the way Wales played... And the character they showed, that's the thing that's really, really encouraging for me. Wales aren't a particularly flashy side to watch. And there was some nice stuff in there. And of course, if you're Welsh like we are, it's, it's, it's fantastic watching you get those victories. But it's not like watching a particularly fluid backline or anything. Like that. They're just a very, very tough side to beat. And that's in, in Rugby World cups, that can get you mm. that can get you to places that can get you to to quarters and semis and, and who knows where so that character I thought was absolutely massive yeah and and things like you know things like bigger not bigger sorry just winning that penalty and, and patch or slotting it they're the things that, that make the difference be, well, I think we only scored six points in the second half but the damage was done in the first so that stay in the game stay in the game Pick off a penalty when it comes. You know it will come. It's very, very hard to go through a half without conceding a point. And when it came, we took that opportunity. Likewise, the drop goal at the start of the half. All those things were crucial. Great game management and a great mentality. Yeah, part of, that, part of the confidence and
0: composure we showed is, I think was reflected in that penalty as well. That we didn't, we didn't start getting chopsy. We wound them up, didn't mm-hmm. we? We did a job on them. And that's what I think Alan Wynne-Jones' captaincy just shone through. And he just stepped back, didn't he? He let them get a little bit niggly. And we we did win a crucial penalty. And I thought that Elliot D did some very (laughs) clever stuff in the front row with Yeah, I did. uh, You know, from he's not inexperienced, but I mean at that at that level Mm -hmm. in those first World Cup he he really, really did a job for us there and he deserves a massive pat on the back because that was cute play and yeah, masterful from him.
1: Let's just stick with it, this is this is going slightly off track here, but we did mention in the week that the bench perhaps looked a bit lightweight in terms of the impetus it was able to add, and actually in terms of weight. You know, you've know, got Shingler coming on in the second row, who's, who's definitely a back row forward. The props, who are great in the loose, but can struggle at scrum time. Do you think that's still a bit of a concern going forward? Yeah, undoubtedly that's still a concern.
0: We the scrum was under the pump mm. and a second row we've got a I don't know, we, we you know we've got a a chap playing in the second row that's not a second row but they they all dug in the character's it's just great isn't mm. it because we were struggling in in certain positions and everyone chipped in when he went off he, yeah. he he probably was suffering from cramp i would have thought because he was on the bike it wasn't like, it 48 minutes he went yeah. off which is quite yeah. early but he was on the bike yeah. and the uh, in the half time, so I can only imagine that his legs were seizing up. Yeah. So he had to keep going. He's not. He can. He can. He can go longer than than 48, 49 minutes. Mm. So his legs had obviously seized up or something, and then he came off. But Moriarty came in, and when we did need some big hits, he put in some big hits. Yeah. I was worried, as probably a lot of people were, that why is Wainwright coming off? We mm. we need him on. He's arguably the best player out there at the moment, but. Moriarty, to be fair to him, came on, started levelling people and it did give probably a little bit of a lift to the guy on the left, the guy on the right. Who's that? Jesus Christ. Moriarty's coming in like an ex-missile, you know.
1: Yeah. I think we need Beard back to add some impetus there. We do. And this is headline number five. A lot of people have have tweeted us about this and it's essentially thoughts on team selections going forward. So we face Fiji next after a 10-day break, which they're going to need. I think there'll be a damn good drink tonight for those that want to have a drink. I also think Sean Edwards is going to drill them down hard again because actually there were a few, a few chinks in the defensive armour, which is encouraging because there's stuff for us to improve on. Yeah, we did miss a lot of tackles. Mm, we did. And there's those things to, to improve on and build. But what do you do with the team selection there? When it goes to that Fiji game, are you tempted to experiment or do you say, right, We've had ten days rest, let's stick it with the same players again. Ten days is a good amount of time.
0: Yeah. You know, half of that can be off and then we need a good we need a win. So I think the core of that side, if not if not all of that side continues, there's a few tweaks that I think maybe could be made. What are you thinking? Thomas Williams to potentially start at nine. Yeah. On on Gareth's performance today, we need him we need him going forward, and Thomas I think is somebody that could cause Fiji issues. He I very, thought he was great off the bench. He by the way. Well,
1: that very that well athletic today. clearance to keep oh. the ball, not clearance, but to keep the ball in how was massive. How different would that be? It, it could have been the game right there, and just little snipes keeping the back row honest. And he yeah, he some, does he does add some real impetus off the bench. But you'd you'd be tempted to start him against Fiji. I'll be tempted to start to start him, yeah.
0: Potentially Elliot D as well. In for Ken Owens in this mm. game, and I would look at walking coming into the centre for for probably Hadley Parks just to give him give him a bit more time off and let let Jonathan find a bit more form. We're looking further into the mm-hmm. future here, which is always a risk. But I think we have to talk that way, don't
1: we? Well, you've got to back yourself having done this to go and complete the job. So you can't think too far ahead. The, the next stage is getting that win over Fiji. Now, they've already lost to Uruguay. I don't know whether that makes them more dangerous because they'll have a point to prove and they'll also have... They'll be wounded. You know, potentially, they'll come out and play the, the Fiji style that that we know they're capable of. They'll come out and try and bring a game of sevens, which is not historically something we've enjoyed. We've just got to get that win. So I think the bulk of that side stays the same. I'm with you. A couple of tweaks here and there, maybe possibly in the front row, I would be looking at a few changes thinking, well, if it's going to be a fast open game, then maybe the, the other two props might be a better option just to, to to give them that that added impetus. But then on the flip side, you could say, well, you're you to, going to want to try and keep it tight and have your strongest set piece that's the lineup. I don't want it spinning around the place, do it no. all over the shop. And, and I think there's
0: a, a call maybe to rest, to rest Liam because he's that important. I think you have to. So he's,
1: picked up, he's picked up a knot which yeah. I think he'd be all right with. I, I just don't know whether it's worth, worth risking him. And when you've got, when you've got Lee Halfpenny sat there as a water boy,
0: mm.
1: I think you get Halfpenny in that 15 shirt and you give Liam a rest. Mm. I would be tempted to potentially give bigger a rest too, but. His rest is only well, ever going to be on the bench. Yeah. With him having a rest, though, today I know it's not. Can you call
0: it a rest? But he's, he hasn't had. He'd be in a different shape, wouldn't he, if he'd had uh,
1: eighty minutes? Yeah, or even, or even sixty or seventy. But it's good. It's good that we've got those. We've got those options now. I I would be tempted to have a look at maybe having bigger on the bench and just while Patchell's. Had a good game against Australia. Go out and try and build on that momentum. So that's the that's the Fiji game. Look, without trying to be disrespectful to you, I know they've beaten Fiji, but you should be able to field a full second second fifteen and, and that's where and, we go and, and with, and yeah. put the uh, and still put the burners on
0: them. That's where we go with a full second, full second strength side. So we go for pretty much fully loaded, just with depending on how they are injury wise make a couple of changes for this Fiji game.
1: Is there any concern that if you do that it might and again I'm <laughs> getting ahead of ourselves but you could leave yourself undercooked for a quarter final or is it more important that they have the recovery time? I think the recovery time that'll so. be that'll be three so if we're going with the first
0: what well, the first first team in the first first three games mm-hmm. then a rest. They're going to be building all throughout that period as well. I think that leave us in a really good position
1: coming into the quarters should we get there. Well, yeah, I hope that's it. It's just about getting the job done now and, and hopefully we'll be able to do that. We're going to finish on some listeners' questions, though. Now, I've kind of, kind of touched on this, really, but this has come up from both Matt Armstrong and Rhys Nott. What the Wales need to do to ensure that they build momentum, starting with topping the group. What is it, then? What have they got to keep doing to make sure they they continue to build on today's performance? just keep getting the, the selection
0: right haven't we we've got to go in with the best side against Fiji get get the win and then rest up the guys and, and get another win against Uruguay I think it's just all about momentum now isn't it and just keeping the group tight which they are mm. they're in a good place so just keep doing what we're doing and I think against Fiji we'll want to get a good few points on the board early as well and then we can make potentially a few tweaks thereafter
1: yeah come out of the blocks hard almost like they did against Georgia but just keep it keep it tight we need we cannot
0: you know we always say oh it needs to be a a tight game and it gets a bit boring so, well, we know it needs to be a tight game but they're they're better than they don't allow you to, to go into a tight game so it's not mm. like we you know we don't it's not like we forget to, to, to play a tight game I think they're, they're, they're better they're a lot better than you know, people give them credit for. Sometimes they they're masterful at just disrupting that, and then you you're in this all it's all over the
1: shop. And they gave Australia a very tough game, well, a, did. a very tough fifty sixty minutes in the opening game, which it is did. why that Uruguayan win is is still such a shock because the golfing class should be there. at the Pacific Nations teams, we very much thought Fiji would be the strongest of them, and on the evidence of the Australia game, it looked that way. So. You, we have got to be careful that
0: we don't take them too lightly we have I think you, we have to, you can frustrate them so I think mentally they're a bit frail and they're, they're not the most structured of sides so we have to we've just got to play our game which is up the jumper pick and go mm. bring North and, and, and Adams down the down the narrow channels and keep it nice and tight and sounds easy when you say it like that doesn't mm. it but they'll be trying their best not to do that but if we do that we'll frustrate them and their heads will the heads will go and we can build
1: we can build a fairly nice score. what about this 20 minute period after half time I thought it was forgivable against Georgia I was a bit more worried about it today because it could have cost us how do you make sure you get that right in the remaining two pool games so that it doesn't cost you and then potentially in a quarterfinal because in a quarterfinal there's no ter- there's no turning back even if it had a cost us today you could still progress to the quarters. When you're in that knockout phase, having one bad quarter of rugby could be your tournament over.
0: I think really it comes down to the the set getting the set piece right mm. and winning winning the collisions. And our set piece at the moment isn't good enough. Really, really, you'd look at it and think it's not it's not good enough to win the World Cup. But the fact of the matter is, we're we're winning these games mm. with. In a way that we probably shouldn't do, and, and we've got to firm that up. If we can firm
1: that up, that's what we need to put everything into now. It's a bit similar to the Grand Slam where we were saying the whole time line out needs to be better, line out needs to be better, yeah. and then come the final game, it came. It was perfect, and you've just got to hope that they're Tactical, I think you genuinely believe this is going on, that they're saying, oh yeah, this. Let's let's skew a few line outs and this is all it's, part of the master plan. I, I don't um, think it is, but no. getting into peak at the right time, if they can do that again, you know, it's it could be it could be just this phenomenal run. I Which know is we're what get, we, we're getting over excited about.
0: Well, I think we all are. We well, well should not we we do get carried away. But it we are able to turn it on at times when it really matters. Mm. I'm not these games do matter. Yeah. But we've won them, so We've, we've got to just hope and pray that it that it comes, and we need us. We need Adam Beard to to get fit because we got to we got to have another second, an actual second row.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That will make a big difference. In fact, going back to the selection point, presumably he would come in for you either off the bench or to start if he's if he's fit enough, which you'd hope he would be in ten days' time to come in and, and get that get that game under his belt or a good fifty, sixty minutes under his belt against Fiji. I'd start him mm. if if he's fit
0: enough. i and I'd rest I'd actually rest Jake Ball. Would you, yeah. Yeah. I, would you, you play yeah. Alan Wynn I'd play Alan Wynn. It's a, yeah, it's a risk, but I he's so resilient. Mm. I can't see him. I can't see him coming off and I don't know, I just think he'll he'll be alright and Jake Ball's more likely to pick up a knock and the way he's playing we don't have ball carriers and he is—he's a threat that we need him
1: at the moment. I wouldn't—we've got to wrap him up a bit. It's interesting you say wrap him up, not Alan Win. But I know what you mean about Alan Win Jones' resilience. But for me, he's the one irreplaceable player in that side. He is, but equally, I, he's, because he is so
0: irre- irreplaceable, you I don't, don't think—no, I don't think we'd—we'd we'd function right without him. So we need him against Fiji for me, and then give him—give him, give him a, a day off.
1: Against against Uruguay. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, let's... (laughs) I'm getting overexcited here, so if there's one way to pour cold water on it, let's talk about England. This one's come through from Nathbury. It says, if England topped their pool, who would they rather face, Wales or Australia? I think undoubtedly Australia. What do you think? Yeah, I'd
0: say it would probably be Australia, wouldn't it? They've had some good wins against Australia, and... They've struggled against us
1: in the big games. They've come up short against Wales. In if you look at the what what could have been a potential Grand Slam for them this season, they come up short in the game at Cardiff. Come up short in 2015. I know they've beaten us on other occasions, including on the way to the Grand Slam in 2016. But they enjoy they enjoy playing. I think they enjoy playing against Australia. I think they do. I think they do. I think they've got the wood on Australia right now, especially with Checker being all over the shop with his emotions and, and his team selection. I think Eddie Jones would be looking at that. We know he's in the stadium today because he was roundly booed. But I think they'll be he'll be looking at that thinking, right, get out of this pool, top it, and we've got, yeah. we've got Australia in the in the quarterfinals, which we can, they're really fancy. We can beat. I'd go Australia, yeah. And then finally, to bring things back to Aaron Wainwright, this is from Gareth Hughes. How good could Wayne Wright be? And he said a little bit of what you said at the start. We all know about his energy and carrying, but he seems such an instinctive player that that's what makes it really impressive. How good can he be? McBride, McBride compared him to Warburton in a press conference a week ago. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I think he can be the very best. He's, for me, he's a totally different player to Warburton. Yeah, I think so. But he's... he shares
0: some of the qualities he does his 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 qualities though his skill sets very very different to any anyone i think we've really seen before and i think it was a really good question that because it the, the the chap also touched upon could that be the difference to get yeah further on and and, and i think he could be mm. yeah he does he looks so sharp so clever so composed so powerful it's all you start running off the words, and you think, "Hang on, There's, I'm not quite sure what he can't do." And his footballing brain is is in there. His decision making is great, and he's he's got bags of power as well. And he's getting better with every game. That's why it's so frightening, I think, for for the other sides. That like, okay, this guy's only only recently started playing, and he's playing this well. Wow it's he's a, he's going to be some player isn't he because he's got a long way he's got a long way to go i think there's a lot more to come and yeah yeah he's going to, he's he's going to be right up there with if he keeps going a world class
1: world class back rower i think the thing you mentioned right at the start of the show which was that bit where he's out in the wide channel looked a bit isolated and just did brilliantly to cut inside and make those hard yards It's his rugby intelligence that that looks really, really encouraging. And that's that's so instinctive. His his athletic ability is massive. There's so much more he can learn. But his tackling and ball carrying is just fantastic. It's exactly what you want in a six. And the fact that he's got pace with it, you know, it's not necessarily as eye-catching as maybe when Shingler was young, you know, almost like Sprinter's pace. But he's a very rangy runner and and he's he's explosive as well. He's he's really
0: dynamic. Mm. And the reason why it's such a point of difference is because he's a six. Yet he's got great ball skills. He does all the donkey work. He ties in really nicely with the backs, so it is a real a real threat for us, and um, will bring us will bring us tries. And then he's he. Um, he give, he gives away like very few makes very few errors mm. because how many times would we see a back rower that's out, that takes the ball runs up an alley gets yeah. isolated turn up you don't see that with him he, he comes back in and for a coach he's an absolute dream because you're like this guy is error free how old is he? 22 22 hang on he's error free and he's 22 yeah. he's only just started playing he's been playing rugby for three years really Before, yeah. it's,
1: it's an extreme talent and a rare one I think it is undoubtedly and that's, that's what I mean with the instinctive stuff for someone who's been playing not, it's not like he's been playing international rugby for three years you know he's been, basically been playing rugby for a handful of years and that's that's so so impressive so I know obviously he comes from, comes from good rugby stock but he is he has everything to make it to the highest level just hope that he stays injury free and keeps that shirt keeps fighting for the shirt and he won't want to have a bad game because he's not going to let, want to let go of this Love his headband as well. Strong headband and moustache. Yes, big fan of that. And the glasses. Big fan of that. Yeah, and the glasses off the pitch. Yeah, he's in a way he is like an eighties player, isn't he? (laughs) To watch, but uh, yeah, just uh, such a great talent. Hopefully he stays fit. But that back row looked good to me today. Great bit of balance about it, and and having Moriarty come off the bench and add some impetus is great. It's a nice back row, and we we we've needed that. I mean, you look back to the last back row, the
0: balance we had, Warburton fall out and lydia mm. hell of a back row yeah
1: there we are there we are and that brings us to a conclusion for this week you will probably have noticed that we haven't had time to talk about any pro 14 stuff you know normally ordinarily we would do it's just with this being such a big victory there hasn't been time to squeeze it into tonight's show but we will be back to chat pro 14 of course as the season progresses now, if you've enjoyed this podcast or any of the others you've listened to, please make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. Again, I know it's something else i bang on about, but it does help us out massively. It makes it easier for people to find this podcast. So it helps us spread the word. And if you've done that already, or you don't know how to do it on iTunes, tell your mates, tell them down the pub, tell them in the clubhouse. If you think they'd enjoy this podcast, let them know and keep spread, spreading the word. Final thanks to our sponsors at So Coffee Trades. And we will be back to chat rugby with you throughout the rest of this World Cup. And that will be very, very soon. Thanks for listening.
0: Got to sort these loose kicks out. Put them out if need be. Put them bloody out. Disagree. Disagree. Hooper should be spoken back to on that that's a ridiculous chat from him Come on referee that's deliberate deliberate
1: come on Sports Social Podcast Network